0: a little girl twitches I'm supposed to call out the National Guard how many people did he kill last year have you forgotten your own daughter I don't now of course you don't forget how could you but you never looked into his face did you you never saw his eyes you never saw that nothing no expression blank my memory goes back 12 years to the night when I offered I'm going to show you Show you something. Look, look, look at this.
1: Look at that. I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my heart, I knew that hell would not have him. The Podcast presents this season, of <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood Micron Podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSexploitation.com, and I am here with my co-host Martin. As a god, pretty good. I had to. I wanted to change up the intro a little bit because I always say the same thing. But I, all I really changed was here. Well, we have the same intro, same yeah. ending. Yeah, we
0: always do... Calling cards. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I want to start
1: this one sure, off. Sure, go for it. Yeah, we, there was only one one episode where you actually led the thing, so... But no, yeah,
0: no. there's one thing that I kind of want to start this off, because it's a question you posed with Halloween 4. Okay. Because we've done previous um, marathons of franchises, one of them being for two years ago, we did the Saw franchise for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And we got saw fatigued. And you brought up, and it was about around the fourth, third and fourth film with saw. And you asked last week after Halloween four, if I felt fatigued. I said no.
1: I'm fatigued, Ryan. <laughs> After five, now you're fatigued. This is the one. Yeah. This is this is the film that's uh, that really set in. Well, you know what? We're entering <laughs> into the the horrible territories. Um, we you know, I thought
0: that we were already there.
1: Right, like four was really bad, and we in that episode last week we contemplated whether that was the worst Halloween film. And then we get five, and I had, I remember five a lot more fondly. Than, you know, what I, maybe how I'm feeling about it now. But then, but, ha- but now we, we get a, another, like, one, two combo. Could be a KO combo of Halloween 6 next week. And then Resurrection. And then Resurrection. And you know what? The only thing that's going maybe a saving grace, or it, possibly we made a terrible mistake, <laughs> is that we have the remake Halloween, well, I guess the remake sequel halloween 2018 set for the end of this halloween season so perhaps at that end it'll be like a refresher you'd be like oh actually you know what this is great i'm so glad that we came out of this terrible series of films and and now you know here's a here's a great one to end things out or it could be even worse you might get to it
0: onto the shit
1: yeah you might get to it and you'd be like well, that wasn't as good as I expected and also we've been you know we've been sort of miserable in this Halloween the the end of this Halloween series and so you're just miserable watching the new Halloween. I don't no, know.
0: Nothing but misery past 3 I yeah, guess. I guess so. But no, this is this is the one that I, I mean, when yeah, you go yeah. week to week watching these um this this is the one where I'm checking out like I can't believe this franchise has that big of a following just because of two
1: films yeah yeah basically (laughs) i mean for the most part yeah two films uh six sort of has its own weird following and that's more so because of the uh the differences in cuts and that's really the biggest part of the cult following for that one four and five are really those weird films that they're well, not uh,
0: weird because they're totally in the sl- no, well, slasher genre. Yeah. Niche, but. but
1: they're the weird films that have sort of done well, even though they're not good films at all. And I think it's just basically due to they take place on Halloween. And for Halloween, channels show them constantly because they're very cheap to get the rights to. And I think, you know, we talked about it in the last episode for Halloween 4. Uh, I remember that being on all the time on TV, and I think probably Halloween 5 even more. And that's why I sort of have this little nostalgia tinge for Halloween 5 that I seem to remember it, as you said, with rose-colored glasses, and now re-watching it, I really don't see the appeal. I mean, I remember more... I haven't seen five, just like
0: 4, I haven't seen f- 5 in years, but I remembered four more than I remember five, but there are things about, like, Loomis being crazy and, like, the whole, like, ending kind of sequence and the opening. It's all stuff, you know, I remember. But then, like, the whole two th- middle two-thirds of that film is kind of like, eh, you know.
1: So, well, it's what, pretty was, forgettable. It was,
0: you know, a blur, but, you know, I was like, I re- well, I remember, I, I remember, you know, Donald Pleasance. I remember they fixed the mask. I remember that people got killed and that's you know and daniel harris is you know trying to be simple jack in this film
1: well you know it's halloween 5 2 is like so easy to forget because it's just a super generic slasher film we're now hitting let's see this film is 1989 we're one year after halloween 4 and it was like a one-two punch of just let's get them out there and you can and they had they had the plan they had the plan of it all along to yeah to do so have sort of a, a duo of films here sort of like Halloween one and two and you can see the the idea at play here you can see the sort of inspiration um but at the same time four and five are just heavily like the most generic slasher films that you can think of when it comes to just having random characters that you don't really care about. And just non-important events that are happening throughout the films. And that Halloween 5 is the epitome of that. Just a lot of things happening that don't matter. And a lot of characters that you don't care about. That you meet once or twice. And that's it. Cattle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think that's probably the why you're sort of fatigued with it too. Is because 5 really showcases, like, this is probably one of the worst offenders of just cashing in you know maybe even more so than six because at least six tried to go in a different direction at least resurrection was attempting to um change with the times you know going to blair witch Rag exactly with
0: but, f- fusing it with Scream and
1: but four and five which well, 80- even i was say but even still with that
0: that's cashing in It's, it's true it's like well we basically did Scream with H2O. Let's take that premise, because that's still fucking making Wes Craven and uh, New Line a bunch of money. And this Blair Witch Project's a big fucking deal. Let's combine the two together. You know, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, you think about it, it is, you know... It's progressive in the in the sense of, like, reality TV, because this is before reality TV really took off and became the mo- giant behemoth that it is. Right. Today, with Resurrection... But it's still cashing in. It's not like they had an original idea like, hey, that film did this. I mean, a shit ton of money. It's true. Let's do that. So you could do the same thing with like this film and well, p- put it with like a bunch of other, you know.
1: I mean, basically with Halloween 5, that's what they did, right? They said Halloween 4 did fairly well. People went to see it at least. You know, maybe maybe after they saw it, they were like, well, that wasn't <laughs> very good. but But at least they went to see it and they spent their money on it. So they rushed to get another one out there, and it's sort of the same idea as like what Saw was in to the Halloween season, but they had to be at least a little creative. Yeah, Saw,
0: you know, I mean, I'll give Saw one uh, credit on one thing, even though it's the same formula over and over again. They're still strapped, even I think even more so than like other slasher films on how. How we gotta ante up the gore and you know the yeah. and how the kills? They actually saw had actual traps. You had to, yeah. So they they had you know. And I it, do again. Some films were lazy with it, but again they you know there's more of an impetus because the yeah. whole you know shtick and cachet appeal
1: of Saw is the trap. So they ha- like you know. I I do agree because like with Saw, whenever new news came out about Saw, it was like what's the traps gonna be? And there was always that expectation like they better be better than the last one. They better be more violent. So you're right, or it, more thought
0: provoking, yeah. like like you know, like oh that like, like I always remember like the pendulum trap from like uh, was it Saw Three, you know, with the uh, blade you know swinging back yeah. and forth, yeah, you know, like it's like oh it's getting cool, you know, taking the ways you can kill like ma- maim people with sharp objects, you know, yeah, the well is pretty low to begin with, right? You exactly, know.
1: like with Michael Myers, they are like even, oh no, you stabbed that girl with a pitchfork. Haven't fucking seen that, and, you they, know? And, they they definitely have to stretch the believability of, like, even what Michael Myers would do when you get up to four and five, because he's driving a fucking Camaro. And <laughs> yeah, in, fr- in the first two, there's really not very much difference in how he kills someone. Maybe he, like, th- he cracks somebody's face in two. And boils them. And boils them, but for the most part, they're mostly, st- they're stabbings. And so four and five are kind of having to stretch and say, like, what if Michael didn't always have his knife? What if he had to do something else besides that? So it's kind of playing around with that. And even like when you see in five, they get rid of his mask for a little while too. They should have just
0: had him, you know, like hey, Jason went to the Manhattan. We'll take, we'll take, uh, you know, we'll take him to Boston. You know, like have him at a Red Sox game. So yeah. You know what shenanigans ensue there?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the other thing about. Halloween 5 too, and we talked about this while we were watching the movie is that at this time Halloween despite coming before Friday the 13th is actually cribbing a lot from Friday the 13th the franchise because at this point Friday the 13th has already gone a little bit further than um Halloween how the Halloween series it's already had a, eight, Yeah, it's already had a few more. Yeah, I think we're we were up to um Sevener. Friday the 13th part 8 in uh, 1989. Um I yeah, 1989 was Friday 13th, part eight. So what you get is You're no, you see you can't drop the sub the subtitle on it. Jason Takes Manhattan. There you yes. go, yeah. But so, what you know. get in in Halloween 5 is a psychic connection between Jamie and Michael Myers, and that's taken directly from Friday 13th, part seven. Dumbest thing ever. Yeah.
0: And Donald Pleasance was right. Like like that they should have picked up. Where the fourth one ended, and have it—you know—Michael's out of the picture now. Now it's a killer little girl. Yeah, they at really, least that
1: way, you know, they're really doing miss something. the opportunity because they don't bring it up at all in Halloween Five. There's not really a a thing like, "Hey, Jamie, remember when you killed your mom?" <laughs> it's sort of, uh, sort of dropped from there. And yeah, she's spending time in a children's clinic. Well, the they only, call it. well, the only one that's isn't like that is ah. Uh, Dr. Loomis. He's, oh, yeah. yeah. Dr. <laughs> Loomis is not messing around. He's like, remember when he you killed your, your mother? He doesn't really say that, but he treats her like a... He didn't say it like that either. He yeah. shakes her yeah. and tells her, like, hey, murderer. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's take a break before we get into Halloween 5 anymore because I have a feeling that we're going to end a little early on this session with Halloween 5. There's not that much to talk about. Um, but let's, ta- let's go into uh, beer talk today because I do have... I did, I did uh, have a little special treat for Martin and myself. Um, I don't know how much people know about this company, but they're, uh, we've talked about it on the show before. There's a company called Hopsy. and Hopsey does a beer distribution, especially in certain areas like New York State, California, um, and I think they have another area as well that they do a lot of beer distribution. What they do basically... I, I imagine it's going to be a big state. Thing. Yeah, like North Dakota. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I can't remember where the other one is, but I do know like they do beer distribution where they send local beers to you. So like I couldn't get a California beer here in New York. They're only going to send New York based beers. Um, but what they they have this the system called uh, the sub, and the sub is sort of like a Keurig machine for beer. It's um it's a an, an, a draft system. That is really easy to store because it's a lot smaller than like your normal keg-based draft system. Uh, it's not as much maintenance, and you can order smaller kegs called torps or torpedoes. They call them torps for short. That you stick in the sub machine, it cools it down. It's basically like a little mini fridge. It keeps it cool for you at a at a distinct temperature, and then you can dispense it like a draft beer. And so I've, I had ordered a sub previously, but I had never gotten a torp to go with it because I just had so, a surplus of beer. But um, over this past weekend, I ordered a few torps because we're having a Halloween party and I wanted to stock up on torps rather than buy an entire keg because normally that goes to waste, like some of the beer goes to waste inevitably. So I got four torps, and I popped the first torp in last night, and we tried it today. So this torp came from Mustache Brewing, um, and not a brewery that I'm familiar with at all. Um, I did order two different styles of beer from Mustache Brewing, and the first one that I popped into the torp, or into the sub, I mean, uh, was called Late in the Evening, and it is their rendition of an English Bitters beer. Uh, I know they call it an Amber Ale, so it's technically an Amber Ale, it's an English and I thought it was an interesting brew. The one thing that I did notice is that it's sort of on the flatter side. Um, and I'm not sure if that's it because of my torp itself or the subsystem. Uh, it seems like it's not the sub because you do get a head on it. That sort of dissipates over time. But it's a very thin styled beer in itself. And it's I, only 4.1. Four,
0: four yeah,
1: it's 4%. It's um very mu- – it's malty. Got a slight tinge of hops to it. But it, the thing that really stands out is that it's very dry. Like an English bitter style should be. Fairly dry. And thi- on the thinner side. I thought it was pretty pretty good. Despite yep. it being a little,
0: you know, not as carbonated probably as I'd like it to be. But yeah. again, that's probably due to, as you said, style. Um, even though we do like, you know, bitters, we don't have a very wide variety yeah. of them.
1: No, so, it's a, it's so a, I've
0: only had like a handful of them, and every one I've had, I've particularly enjoyed. Like I said, it's just not a common beer type. Nope. or, or At least up around where we get beer. Um, but I did like it. I thought it was, you know, I would get it again. Probably just, or like another type, and just see, you know, if it's, maybe it's the Torp, or maybe you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I am curious to try another Torp after I finish this one, and see, does that one also come out sort of flat? Because if, if that's the case, then I know that it wasn't the beer itself. It's the, the Torp instead. So it's hard to say. Um, so still experimenting with that uh, system. And, you know, if if I find out the other ones are flat, too, I'm going to obviously talk to Hopsy about it. But... Uh, and,
0: and I was gonna say, maybe, maybe it's because, like, also draft beer's not as you know, carbonate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's possible. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know uh, exactly, you know, what was the... What's the issue, if it's just the beer itself. But... Regardless, I did enjoy it I like that I like it it's very in English bitter very style. drinkable
0: mm-hmm. very
1: yeah. nice like you said four percent we
0: I'm pretty sure it's gone actually because my last put
1: oh really yeah. it's gone
0: already yeah when I went to pour my glass Jeez. I got ha- you know, halfway through I'm like oh, I think we tapped it already
1: I don't know about that I don't know that, it's two liters do so you think we went through two liters already yeah we both had three yeah
0: so but no I liked it um get that for Christmas for me I guess
1: what a sub yeah so I can like wake up in the morning, and, yeah they uh, actually they have had... my
0: have my cup of coffee and then like, oh
1: wait, yeah, they oh, tend I'm... to have good deals on the sub and four beers, uh so like if you buy them together, you get a pretty good deal on it. I think it's like a hundred bucks for the sub and four beers, really, only a hundred bucks for that draft machine, yeah, yeah, because they do deals on them all the time, That's... so I thought that'd be a lot more expensive. I got than mine that. for fairly cheap as well. I didn't order it through Hops, I ordered it through another company that was selling like a slightly used one mm. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually th- the biggest thing that costs you money is, is to order the Torps themselves because in general the shipping is quite high. Well, yeah. But if you order four Torps, which is like eighty bucks mm-hmm. for four Torps, you get shipping if you okay. don't do the cold shipping, if you just do regular shipping, you get it for a dollar. So that's the way to go. You gotta order basically it's cheaper to order four, stock up. Because you're gonna get the shipping for a lot lower price. And if you did like uh, cold shipping, I think it's like $10 instead of $1. So, I gotta have it right away as soon as you open that thing,
0: throw that, you know. Yeah,
1: I didn't order the cold shipping, I just did regular shipping. The other one other major issue if you're gonna order from Hopsy is that you have to sign for it, they will not leave it at all they and there's no like uh you know they won't leave you like a slip or anything that you can just sign you have to be there in person to sign oh, for it. it makes
0: sense alcohol
1: yeah yeah exactly so that's the only thing too like make sure if you're ordering it that you order it to a place that you either know you're going to be there or you know someone will be there to sign now for it. does
0: like the ups guy like check your id
1: This would be a FedEx guy, I think it comes FedEx, and no, they don't check your ID, they just need to, like, verify that you are, that you look over 21. Like, they never have checked my ID before. I was going to say, too, like, when
0: you buy, like, you could be, like, 18, like,
1: if you look 21. Right.
0: Are you 21? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They
1: have never done it before, but I guess if you looked younger, they probably would ID you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, or or perhaps they just really don't care that much. (laughs) They just want to <laughs> get on their way. They don't know what's in the package. Yeah, like, could be a, yeah. you know, could be a bomb fraud Yeah. I did, the first time I ordered Hopsy, I did have them deliver it and just leave it on my porch. They didn't care. I guess that was not protocol. So the next time I ordered, I had a difficult time with shipping because I just assumed, oh, they'd leave it again. No, they didn't. <laughs> so one actually, one my, one of my packages is stuck on a truck probably still, somewhere still because they sent me out a replacement. So... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Hopsy good good stuff. I am looking forward to trying out new torps and stuff. It's pretty cool. All right, let's get into Halloween 5. We're going to do the best we can with this. As we said before, Halloween 5, again, is not a good movie. It's, it's, it's very similar to Halloween 4 in its quality. Um, and, again, it does resemble a TV movie in a lot of ways. I think all well, the production on this one's up. Oh yeah, the production for sure is a li- is increased a little bit. They've got some explosions. They've got um, a, a mas- better mask. I say an actual mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, a, like a little bit better makeup as well. I think on Donald Pleasant's um, for the his most, burning, burns. the most eccentric '80s outfits
0: out there. Yeah. Why does Tina have a pearl necklace around her like
1: jean skirt thing?
0: Because it was
1: cause she was being adventurous, and is, is that
0: like is it that is, like because she's supposed <laughs> to have sex that night, like giving yeah, her it was like retar- rip it off her retarded boyfriend, like a uh, you know
1: cue, uh, like I don't want the pearl necklace where it's supposed to go. You put it here. I don't know. Yeah. maybe it was just a uh, maybe it's haute couture, and uh, you know she was really plugging the '90s in '89. Yeah, well, can definitely see it. We're moving from um, like
0: bright colors to pastel and neon, you know. Jeans, lots of like
1: jean and jean related things. We saw an episode of Full House, and like that's you know we got to like, look like that. In eighty nine, no, but I, was it out in eighty nine? I think Full, Heart, Full House started in eighty nine. Yeah. Maybe. I think Family Matters did too. Eighty nine. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about Full House. Dull House, I typed in, and that, that's true. Uh, oh, 87! That's a lot earlier than I expected. Maybe they did get the some fashion from Full House, for sure. Interesting. But, uh, so, Halloween <laughs> 5, like I was saying previously, I seem to have fond memories of Halloween 5. Now, look, now watching it, I really don't understand what I was thinking. Uh, this film, in a lot of ways... It, it's different than I thought. Uh, I thought there was more nudity in it. Apparently, I'm misremembering. Because um, there actually is none. So, again, it's... it's Probably now... A lot, of, a lot of dry humping. That's true. In the hay. Probably now, Howling 4 and 5 would maybe get a PG-13 rating. And then, um... Had to fight not to get an X. Yeah. I mean, it's... They're not very... First of all, they're not very violent anymore. And in this... Like Friday the 13th, I think, was pushing things a lot further than Halloween. At well, this I would point. say
0: the gore in this one's definitely out of all of them so far. It's you know, we do see things yeah. getting impaled in heads and through the chest and stabbed through, you know, the chest with the pitchfork. So it's a lot more violent and gruesome than the rest of the series. But no, you're right, compared to I, other slashers
1: of the day it's it's, it's, it's really tame. tame and i i feel like you know with all the i mean there's not very much swearing in it there's not a lot of there's not nudity in it i feel like it probably would have gotten a pg-13 rating it's it doesn't really push boundaries that much it's very content to be like yeah you know it's it's as though like mustafa akkad was thinking like we're gonna air this on tv all the time and he was just like let's just make it easy for the editors and you know, the censors, the you know, we won't put any nudity in it. We won't, we won't swear at all. It's just a very, I would say, tame film, hell, despite some of the violence. Hell, during the roll in the hay,
0: she was like, wait, do you have a condom?
1: And he's like, I
0: got a condom. That's a very awkward scene. Which, by the way, too, like, they might as well, because, like, you know, this is the 80s, like, mid to late 80s. So at that time, it's like, AIDS, so, you know, like... I mean, yeah, you might as well just have him turn to the camera like hey, kids. Right, exactly. If you know, if you're gonna have sex,
1: even with someone that you trust and love and know,
0: make sure you're wearing protection.
1: Yeah, it was like a was- PSA yeah. f- for protection because it was very like obvious. She because she was like, I don't have anything, and he whips, whips it out. It's great. Yeah, but the only thing is he must have gotten like an extra small on accident because he's grimacing the whole time he's putting it on. It's like n- at that point, f- like crushing his. Venus and balls. Maybe he wrapped his balls up in it, too. <laughs> really went, went all the way down. Just in case. You don't want, you don't want to get any genital warts. <laughs> just, if if there's any any risk at all, just wrap them all up.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, it would be fitting, you know, have the coach for Mean Girls right now. Because it is October the 3rd. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Happy Mean Girls Day, people. Um... To have him pop in and be like, if you have sex, you will
1: die. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a very awkward, very two, awkward scene. The two were seen. <laughs> it's a very awkward scene in Halloween <laughs> 5. <for laughs> Somebody
0: sure. please, please take that uh, that roll in
1: the hay and. Put Tim Meadows' voiceover yes. on it for Mean Girls. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's an idea. I could do that. Sure. <laughs> Um. The so, but with Halloween Five, basically, like as I explained before, you get this. Right, you know, it's a better budget too because
0: it's not just some fucking random farm field for the opening. Now they have this elaborate hack and slash for the pumpkin. That's true. Which is a nifty idea. Yeah, at least they followed the pumpkin. But it's done. Looks terrible. It, yeah. And it I looks. Mean- it looks like a
1: like a new line film that you know type opening and. I mean, I guess at least they did follow that format, which Halloween 4 just, just was like, never mind, we're going to try something new. And uh, But the, at least Halloween 5 does go with that, stick to the formula, so I, I do appreciate that. But what you get with Halloween 5 is really a, a sort of um, a Friday the 13th light storyline about Jamie from Halloween 4, who now shares a psychic connection, and they don't really talk about her murder they kind of forget that but they put her in a child's clinic because obviously they don't really trust her out in the wild uh and so her you know it follows basically all the same people from Halloween 4 and this time she has a psychic connection to Michael Myers so whenever whatever Michael Myers is doing or at least sometimes when the time is fitting she can see what he's doing and then warn people about what she's doing
0: you would think they would show the part in Halloween 4 at the end like to like how does this happen while well, they do have that slow-mo of her like when in the mask well no no i mean i meant like how did she get that second connection oh right right from you know touching him and you know yeah you can you like okay like the evil's transferred over to her the right?
1: only thing that you really do see that I, they
0: don't show that they just recap the Firing squad scene, and then throw, they add the touch. Of, they threw dynamite in the hole, but then we see Michael Myers sneaking out of there, like you know, yeah, making his escape down the river. I think
1: the only thing that they really show, and it's sort of um, a precursor to the cult Saw Wayne stuff, is that he has a little tattoo on his hand that never th-
0: been there before. Yeah, I
1: guess it's supposed to signify like not only like the cult stuff that we'll get into in Halloween Six, but also sort of like that. He's partaking in the supernatural, and that's a catch-all explanation for this. Is why he has psychic abilities. Well, you know.
0: The, so that, how did eight-year-old Michael like? He gave like
1: he had a how did that happen? Yeah, he got a, he somebody picked him up and loved like, him and was like, "You're gonna have this tattoo," and just put a tattoo on him. I don't know. Don't worry, 30, twenty-five years, it'll all make sense. He'll appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, so the whole thing, I think. Like, uh, is really stupid. The psychic abilities, for one thing, are totally unnecessary, right? They only come into play when it's convenient for the storyline. Like, it's not like we have Tina, or uh, not Tina, uh, Jamie constantly seeing through Michael's vision or, you know, knowing what's happening. It's very, very obscure times where she conveniently sees what's going on with Michael. And so, like, giant woman, yeah, it also doesn't help that in this film, Jamie has apparently gone completely mute because of her whatever trauma. experiences. She's had trauma. She's got PTSD, whatever. Again, not really explained, and you're supposed to just go with it. Um, so it doesn't help that she has this psychic ability and she can't tell anybody about it. She can only like spit out certain phrases. Um, but I think that the whole psychic thing is really dumb. It's It's completely unnecessary for the film. If you didn't have it, what, would it really have any impact on the film whatsoever? Not really. You would still just have people getting murdered by Michael Myers and J- him his main target being Jamie doesn't add anything to the story. So I think that is a completely unnecessary addition of supernaturality that doesn't need to be there, has never been hinted at in any other Michael Myers films and just so, totally unnecessary for this one. I don't know why they went in that direction um and i think that halloween 5 would have been way better off following the events more closely of halloween 4 after jamie's committed her murder and figuring out what to do with this character who ultimately doesn't change in halloween 5 she's the same person basically as halloween 4 and you would expect from that ending and if uh, seriously if they had halloween 4 and 5 planned together. That they would like at least have some, you know, knowledge of what they wanted Jamie to do in this, besides be just another like protagonist. Well,
0: I don't think they had an idea plan. They just had the idea
1: of we're going to make another one. Yeah, well, it, this is doing That's really it. well, so put another one out there. They had, I think, a different writer. And- yeah, it, so it's, I mean, it's completely different. And yeah, so I
0: mean, it's, I I'm assuming they. Wanted to do another one, but they didn't
1: care about the details. It's more like, well, worry about that, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting that they do so much to just forget about that whole ending with Jamie killing her mother. It Like, they really undersell that. Well,
0: I mean, in the fourth one, come on sheriff's daughter's dead and he's just like well pfft, it's
1: true another day in henfield but i just i just you know think that if they they did explore that a little bit more we could have gotten a really a lot more interesting film than what we get which is basically a rehash of five with tina as more of a lead than rachel and loomis is sort of like this martyr figure uh who who has now gone completely bad shit insane and has been apparently <laughs> hanging around this children's clinic for, what, I don't know how long. A year. A year, a year. basically, just standing outside Tina or uh, Jamie's room, and every time she comes he out still the, has the door.
0: Because if he still has his medical license at this point, then yeah. the medical board of Illinois has deeply failed, you know, <laughs> failed the people of the sta- state with the, their health. as every- hell, in the fourth one, they're like, he's... he's he doesn't really do anything. He's just got a ceremonial position. Yeah. Which, again, doesn't make sense. What, what the hell? Like, what do you mean? Is he a witch doctor then? He can, like, <laughs> show up, like, well, we don't know what to do. And he, like, shakes his sticks what, and What throws. he does is
1: he has a prescription pad, but it's, like, one of the, a toy one. <laughs> so he just writes prescriptions to people. And, they might as well have, and, like, the squeaky yeah.
0: noises that they add for, you know, the fucking yeah. cops and shit.
1: <laughs> yes. But
0: no, like, he... Again, like, oh, they're just letting him run around, like, this clinic, like... And like, just like, leave him, leave this crazy man that everyone knows is crazy at this point. Like, leave him alone with a nine-year-old scarred child, you know, who's has trauma so he can shake her and be like, do you know where he is? Tell
1: me where he is. He's alive. That's probably actually why Jamie has gone mute. It's because constantly (laughs) being badgered by Loomis. And so at a certain point, she's just like, I'm not going to talk anymore. It's ridiculous. This makes me think of Airplane with, like, the lady who's, like, being
0: hysterical and Liam Neeson's like, Please, please, get a hold of yourself! And then, like, slaps her. And then it's, like, just a conga line of people. Leslie Nielsen,
1: you mean? Yeah, so I said. you said Liam Neeson. No, I said Leslie Nielsen. No, you didn't. No, I'm gonna play it back for you. You said Liam Neeson. No, I said Leslie. I was Neeson. like,
0: what? Oh, that'd be great. I would love to see a Modern Day Airplane with, <laughs>
1: yeah, with Liam,
0: Liam Neeson. Ne- <laughs> but no, like yeah. you remember, like how Le- Leslie Nielsen goes through? Yes, yeah. I, they, like have a congo. That's what I assume at this point. Every day, seven o'clock rolls around. Loomis rolls out of bed, drinks a fifth of scotch. Yeah. heads down to the children's clinic. And then just shakes this child for like an hour or two, walks away, eats his lunch, comes
1: back, shakes her again, Well, I think they threatening have... her. And then, you know, in this film, they make it pretty clear. Like, so Jamie has a nightmare. She runs out of her room. She's uh, like downstairs and the you maintenance, know, the, the like, maintenance no. man and the maid, the two out of five people that work in the clinic uh, are down there. They bring her back to her room and Loomis is already there. He's been standing in the room the whole time so I imagine that Loomis has just been drinking like one of those like small uh you know whiskey bottles you know not the I don't know what the one size he, got they from, are. he like, got, yeah the one he got from the preacher from the left yeah, yeah the one that's like behind the behind the counter not the not like a you know taller size one or whatever the leader bottles so. but just like the one the court size or whatever and he's been he chugged the whole thing and now he's waiting for Jamie to get back in the room so he can sort of assault her again and traumatize her even more yeah yeah, it's great because i think really at this point we are meant to assume loomis is totally off the walls you said especially towards the end of the film when he's confronting michael and he doesn't even really see michael he's just talking to somebody he's not even turned around <laughs> yet to see michael he's just talking into the air it does look like loomis is having some sort of mental breakdown <laughs> and just imagining that michael is everywhere gonna. Well, it would be
0: great Halloween 6 we find out it's just all Loomis's head he's actually been committed for 20 years everything from the past you know two you know two three films is just all but in his head like oh what's going on yeah uh, it's nothing doc- ever happened after uh, Halloween,
1: Halloween 2 it's just uh, telling dr Sam Loomis after that explosion he went honestly that would have been a much <laughs> much smarter idea than to just keep c- continuing <laughs> like the Michael Myers line is that you actually have the one of the last films how you end the Halloween series with this showing Loomis was crazy all along after Ho- like it Halloween one and two happened sure we'll keep it at that but then the rest of them four and five obviously people want to forget anyway so just <laughs> retcon it and say and it didn't have <laughs> yeah just retcon it and say it didn't happen at all and everybody wins you can go back and watch four and five and be like that's why it doesn't make sense because it's in Loomis's head he made it up yeah it's a perfect idea Maybe that's what uh, 2018 Halloween's gonna do. Just, it's gonna be Jamie Lee Curtis, like, you know. Yeah, nuts and she's just made it all up. Well, she already
0: looks it, like, she looks like the old, you know, crazy cat lady, like, with her running around with her Winchester, like, Hey, Michael's coming! Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, at least, this look from the trailers looks more believable, because in H2O, it's just like, don't bring up Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you know, saying (laughs) the word Halloween is too much for me. You know how I get
1: yeah. Um, all right, so we basically brought it up. What would you give the Looney Loomis score for this film?
0: Well, you know what? We're, there's, been, there's no retroactive uh, changing of my scores so far. This one gets to 10. Give it a big big old 10, huh? He, he's off the rails like the last film where I gave it an 8. However, this time he's actually assaulting a child using it as jamie as a hostage and bait and like constantly grabbing her and shaking her you know so th- I, yeah.
1: so just you know I, that I, alone I, makes like yeah he's gone on because yeah. he's just like yeah mm. i gotta give it a 10 as well because at this point so one of my favorite Threatens moments an officer with a gun <laughs> yeah one of my favorite moments in this movie is when they're looking for jamie she's snuck out of the uh the child children's clinic and he just grabs a random girl who's going up the stairs, rips her mask off. It's not Jamie. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, whoops. I don't care at this point. It's my favorite moment from Loomis. Well,
0: after you accidentally are the cause of manslaughtering a 17-year-old, you know, 10 years it's all ago in Hillcrest. Well, just like,
1: right? yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. No, he didn't <laughs> get in trouble for it, so apparently it's acceptable. Um the, the other thing that I really like um sorry, I got got a hair in my mouth or something here. So I'm talking with a lisp here for a second. Yeah. Uh the other thing I really like about Loomis is that um he also does not care that like a series of police officers are are getting murdered outside of the house when he's waiting for Michael cuz um he holds up that one police officer hmm. via gunpoint and basically he's saying like everybody outside dead is dead right now and i don't really care and we're not leaving this house we're waiting for michael so yeah at that point he's sort of like given up on even stopping michael's murders it's great he has like no he's almost like michael at that point no no real cares about human life who's the real evil that's right dr samuel loomis
0: (laughs) well yeah
1: 10 yeah he's 10 for sure
0: it's great though because he's the one shining point in this film
1: yeah, it, I mean, I guess it's it's at this point. You I, can re- well, I mean, I would say at this point too, Donald
0: Pleasance is phoning it in. Oh yeah, he doesn't care. You know, it's got to be. It has to be.
1: Oh no, you can't really say that because he did. You said he broke his nose during the fi- when they were filming the scene. No, he didn't
0: break his nose.
1: He oh, broke, he, he broke.
0: Oh, he broke. He got, Michael's play, nose. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. beating his ass.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant Loomis broke his own nose, like swinging up the, and down. Well, Donald Pleasance broke his own nose. No, but um.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be like such, you know, interesting philosophical questions like like that. Like, who is the real evil? Is it Michael? Is it Loomis? Is it both of them? You know, who cares? It's all, you know, especially, you know, with just this ridiculous corny crap. Yeah. The film, I you know, to be honest with you, because we've talked about it before when it comes to slasher films, by the fourth or fifth film, especially by the fifth film, they run out of ideas and enter the realm of parody this film does that however i don't know if this
1: parody is genuine i don't think so or you know this unintentional was, this was definitely a cash in
0: i know but so i, I don't know if like the par- because of that is the parody intentional is michael sitting quietly with like a caveman mask on in a camaro and then speeding around in it <laughs> like an asshole is is that parody or is that just like, I like again, like I I can't tell. Like I, I I'm suspecting it's supposed to be like kind of like, oh, what's Jason gonna do this time? Oh, he's gonna beat this chick to death in her sleeping bag.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, a lot of a lot of Halloween Five feels like homage, right? It feels like it's homaging of a different franchise. Well, no, but I mean, it is also trying to harken back to the other films, like you know, the whole gunshot within the room. You have shooting like six times at Michael, right from Halloween One. You have the whole uh, Michael being in a different sort of costume. So in Halloween 1, you had the ghost. Mm-hmm. In Halloween 5, you have him sitting in a caveman mask. And so, so there's oh, there's that play up of those ideas from the original films, but it does make you just basically want to watch the but originals. Again, but
0: again, that's like more stuff too. that Friday the 13th. And I hate to do like a comparison, but Friday the 13th had more like... But Jason's all of a sudden in this goofy situation, you know? Yeah. You know, they
1: got not so, you know, they yeah, lost like their... Yeah, when, si- when he tears off an arm and he yeah. just kind of holds, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I think they were definitely, I don't know, I don't know if the parody was intentional at this point, but I do think that they were going for homage, and as you said... Or, like, like the fact
0: that when they, like, find, like, figure out where Tina is, like, a, the whole squad, <laughs>
1: yeah. town squad car, so huh? Tina,
0: stay, stay away, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: Hadfield has, like, seven police cars respond just to Tina at a gas station. Where's the other rest of... I mean, how many squad cars does this little town have? I was expecting it to be, like, the Blues Brothers, and all of a sudden they just start crashing everywhere and, you know, flying yeah. all over the place. because That is pretty funny when re- they just start, like, sliding up to her, mm. drifting. The fucking cartoon Vulcan Skull music for the idiot cops. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Such, such a is. weird inclusion, too. I know they said it's an homage to The Last House on the Left, but it's such a... It, it's completely off-tone from the rest of the film because it only happens twice when those cops are on screen, and it's like slide whistles and... <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Well, like said, it literally sounds like Bulk and Skull's theme from Power Rangers, like... like, uh-oh, what are these two idiots going to do? It's such yeah. a weird inclusion. I
0: just... <laughs> It's, it's strange. Not only that, the sound design in this film is fucking
1: terrible. Oh, man. This, fucking, oh, like, the, the... sound is awful.
0: I'm not even talking about the soundtrack, which is, again, we'll talk about that in a second, but, like, the sound effects they used, like, the... Was that, like, I couldn't tell at the end, was that supposed to be a tranquilizer gun, or... A real it gun? Was, yeah. Like, I
1: think it's supposed to be a Trank gun. Like I'm like,
0: is he Matumbo from Lost World? Uh, you know, Jurassic <laughs> Park? Trying to take <laughs> down
1: you know, T-Rex? Yeah. I what, Yeah, the what, th- sound is where they really cheaped out on this film.
0: You know, it sounds like, a, like you're playing Goldeneye and you got the silence, you know, piss, like, pew, 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 pew. And just other scenes, it's just like, oh, it's hilarious how bad it is. You know, it's just... Yeah. Like like oh this time we got a good mask from Michael so guess what we we had to make us uh, our all our sound effects with a dixie cup and uh some you know uh vuvuzelas <laughs> just it's, it's what we had in, what? Pe- in a penny whistle that's all we have, you know
1: to work with while we're on the subject let's talk about the score because this is really uh, like going quite far away from even like the carpenter scores that are redone for Halloween 4 we're getting into territory where they basically have, I don't know. Did they just cheap out on this, on the instrumentals here? Do they want that? Was the intent to make it as minimal as possible? Really? What the score sounds like now is like some guy just knowing the Halloween theme, but he's drunk and sort of just plinking around on a piano. Well, as I told you at this point, I think Alan Howarth is tired of,
0: the death of doing variations on this score. He's not like Yuji Ono when it comes to like, hey, we need a new Lupin theme. He's like, all right, how the you know, great. I can, you know, change it up a bit again, you know, and constantly tinker with, you know, the overall sound. I think in this one, he's he's taking the John Carpenter approach. Like, yeah, I don't fucking want to do this anymore. He gets, just gets half drunk on a bottle of scotch and then just starts plonking away on his synthesizer. Like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, it's you know.
1: all of the all of the sounds and the the themes just seem really halfly half designed. They they just don't sound finished. It sounds like he started to like put some together and then he didn't do the second track on it. You know, because like if you're thinking back to like Halloween three, there's at that but at that point some Thought. of the soundtracks are like multiple synthesizers layered together, whereas on Halloween five. It's really just one synth that doesn't even sound completed. Well, the main theme too is like just like this
0: random synth score, and then they just kind of throw in like later in the yeah, title card, like the
1: actual. I mean, and they you have, know, like
0: the kind of like the actual theme in there because like oh, shit, we forgot to put that, you
1: know <laughs> put that in, you know. Basically, it's it is sort of like a, an out of tune piano just going like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> It's, I don't know, it's a pretty miserable soundtrack. It's nothing like what I love about the Halloween themes. You know, it, it it's very far from even what we get in Halloween 4, which were very uh, late 80s renditions of the Halloween soundtrack, because that one included, like, synth drums and stuff like that. Well, now, for Halloween 5 we're we're way past that. We're actually like back towards like taking apart sort of like a deconstructionist <laughs> view of the Halloween theme. So it doesn't really instill much atmosphere in the movie itself. Hey, one one thing we didn't talk about, we talked about the Camaro, but we didn't talk about the guy that owns the Camaro. His name is also Mikey and he's a complete asshole in this. He sort of looks like uh a combination of, like, Rick Moranis and the Fonz, like, thrown together. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I was thinking more like low-rent John Stamos in full House. Yeah, it kind of does look like that, too. My favorite thing is that, like, he has no personality whatsoever. He doesn't even talk, really, at all, except to say, get off my car. And he... Like he, he just has no character besides loving his car to death and wanting to have sex with his girlfriend. Even that though, he doesn't really seem that interested in. It. It's more like, we can, but I'd rather smoke a cigarette and look at my car some more. My favorite, his, my favorite of his is when he, the face he makes when he sees the uh, like little hoe smashed into the car. He's it, sort of his like a ridiculous like open mouth face going on. Just like, oh.
0: Yeah, he, he can't believe you it. You know, for someone who loved that car as much as he did, he was pretty, uh, pretty calm when Michael takes that and, you know, yeah. digs it. He's like, Who did that? You know, and he's so like, My fucking car!
1: You, you know, he's just like, Hey, who did I'm gonna beat you. Oh no. He's also pretty <laughs> aggressive with this car, like, he's gonna need tires real quick. <laughs> He's fucking burning rubber all over the place with those. He went to the Michael Myers school of uh, yeah. driving. You know, kind of like how
0: Michael was driving like a drunken Halloween one, which, again, is the great unsolved question. Where did Michael Myers learn how to drive if he was Oh, yeah, because this one,
1: he's actually pretty good at driving that Camaro. He
0: whipped that thing around real... I mean, he yeah. drives like an asshole, too, but he whipped <laughs> it around after, you know, Tina's like, I want fucking cigarettes. He's like, Blar! you know, slams the brakes and is like, you know perfectly rolls that thing back instead of hitting like a stop sign no or...
1: he's a professional driver and he never learned <laughs> that should have been his trade he doesn't need to kill people <laughs> just, just become a professional driver <laughs> stunt driver um we didn't talk there's kitties in this one <laughs> so pointless <man. laughs> yeah. like i said that's the thing about do this they, movie. you like,
0: think they just found cats one day on
1: i set guess. and they're like Eh, you know. I mean, that's the thing about the the movie, though, is that, like, a lot of the scenes in this film are just pointless. Just strung together. Because they needed something to hold the plot together. We it's needed a, a couple things to... And it's an hour 40. Right, yeah. It's an hour and 37 minutes. It's very... At least
0: with Halloween 4 is 80 minutes. Like...
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Sort of like... Didn't feel uh, like it, but, you know, at least it was an... They,
0: this one, they felt the need to slap on 20 more
1: people. Well, the, the thing with that is the finale is very long. The chase sequence at the end of the film, uh, when Jamie's running from Michael Myers, is such a long scene with her going down the laundry chute, him like stabbing into the laundry chute. It oh, takes whole, forever. And oh, so it's like the whole barn scene, you yeah. know. There's just no tension to those because they're not paced well. They just don't know what to, how to pace those scenes where it's, you know, like a short five minute sequence, but very tense throughout. Um, I, there's just nothing there that's suspenseful about it. And that part of that's the score. Part of that is just, I don't think Michael Myers is that spooky in this film either. Um, the the elements where he used to crop up in the background of things and just sort of be a white face on back, black textures is gone, and replacing that is him being very clearly in the background of something. It's and and at that point, it goes from being like scary to just a dude in a mask who's standing around weirdly.
0: And at this point, it's not even scary because every Halloween, some assholes like oh, Michael Myers, you know. This
1: one really capitalizes on it. It's like there's like two or three sequences mm-hmm. of somebody else wearing a Michael Myers mask, yeah. so. Yeah, in Hanfield, it wouldn't even be creepy at this point. And like. that is, I mean, the cops, those those dumbass cops are right, though. That's a fucking stupid thing to do in front of cops. <laughs> to be wearing a Michael Myers mask with a knife. When you know that there's, like, Loomis running around being like, He's here! He's here! <laughs> you know, it's probably not a good idea. Loomis has already killed a person wearing a Michael Indir- Myers mask. I would say, indirectly. Yeah. You do, do not mess around with that shit. You would think, like, everybody now growing up, their parents are like, you know... Like, if they, is, saw you, if they saw you leaving the house, yeah, the yeah. fuck are you doing yeah. with that mask in your suit? <laughs> you don't know the town madman who runs <laughs> around to killing people in that mask? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 he, yeah, Loomis has become, like, the town crier Yeah, You, know? you like, would think that would be an ingrained thing in Haddonfield. Like, think, just do not wear that mask. you
0: think they'd send him, like, to the local church to ring the bell. Like, you know... Like Quasimodo. Yeah.
1: What's that sound? Oh, that's just Loomis ringing the bell again. He thinks Michael Myers is back.
0: Speaking of um, the whole Halloween, one thing that they kept in tradition uh, with most of the Halloween films doesn't feel like Halloween. Well, you know Not one decoration in sight. A nice sunny day. Warm, bright, beautiful. Hell, as we talked about Mikey and his Camaro, it was a... He's got a convertible. And he's got that top down. So obviously it's, you know, in the nice 40 degree Halloween day in uh, Illinois that it would be like, nah, got that top down. He doesn't care.
1: Right. Like um, this one takes a step back from four because four at least did have quite a few Halloween decorations and it looked like Halloween it had fall, uh, you know, leaves, ch- colors changing and stuff like that. Five, I think part of the problem was that they really rushed to shoot this film And obviously, when 4 came out and did so well, they had to get it in production. And so they didn't shoot it during autumn. (laughs) And so everything looks very, very green and warm. And I think even at one point, Tina asked if they want to go skinny dipping. If you live in anywhere that's somewhat cold during fall, you'd be like, no, I don't. My dick's going to (laughs) shrink inside me. It's not going to impress anybody. (laughs) (laughs) The water's gonna be like fifty degrees. So yeah, no, that's just not something that happens in a
0: northwestern
1: mm-hmm. environment. I mean, northeastern, well, northeastern, Midwest, Midwest, yeah, northwest. It doesn't matter anywhere in that vicinity for fall. You're not doing those things. Yeah, I like no, don't think know. I've ever
0: in a, one of our Halloween nights like let's go skinny dipping. No, you
1: no, know? no, not that. <laughs> I, no one's riding around and with their tops down. It's just not happening. So yeah, this this one is a really it does I not. Like,
0: I, was saying, I like
1: the cold too, but I uh, like the cold too, but I'm not going to go around doing that yeah. for sure. I just like it being crisp, yeah. not freezing. Yeah. Uh, and and so this one really doesn't get. I, it doesn't look like Halloween at all. I'd love to see the movie where
0: Loomis is just running around taking down Halloween direction yeah, decorations. Decoration, yeah. Just like just like stop it. There is yeah. calling card. He'll know what, what day it is.
1: Don't put those up. Yeah. Um, did we hit on it? Is that it? We didn't really Sorry. talk about the kills. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that much to talk about. Like we, I mean, there's a pitch they're not
0: creative. No, they're not really. Not I a mean, single one. Again, like it's all they've all been ripped off. It's like every I hate to say it again, Friday the Thirteenth, but it's like just like any f- slasher film already did it five years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this one, I'm trying to think of the the kills. There's a pitchfork. A couple of stabbings, um, which is in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Jason uses a pitchfork. Yeah, when they're on the bar in the barn. Yeah, yeah. So there's um, the scissors. Yeah, you know. scissors was just a stabbing again. I mean, it's basically just mm. a stabbing. Um, you have oh, they did they did have the guy from The
0: Exorcist
1: show up and just Tommy gun down everyone at the yeah. police station.
0: Yep. What a, which,
1: what a, which doesn't make sense in this film, because Halloween Five basically treats this guy in ba- Exorcist regalia. Well, he's not only
0: that, but in the shot of him walking to the yeah, pl- you know he to does the police, look, it looks like it's like it's supposed to be like an homage shot to the Exorcist. You know, I, I mean, minus he, the fog, there's no you
1: know. And so the, the dude shows up three times in the film. He shows up the first time when Michael's driving. And he kind of walks across the street and he shows up another time in just a random scene. And then at the end of the film, when he kills everybody and the film treats it as though, like this is like an episode of a TV show and next episode, we're going to learn more about this guy. But the thing is, there's not another episode. Nothing's coming. It doesn't make any sense. And it just, the film just sort of ends. like, do you know what this guy is? Well, we don't either, so just let it go. You know, he just kills everybody. He lets Michael go. But there, you don't need to know anything about it. It's just a, such a weird inclusion because it feels like a lot was cut to make room for that that never actually happened. Probably. I yeah. mean, I thought it was
0: funny when, like, we're sending him uh, Michael off to the a h- high-security prison. He'll never, you know, escape, yeah. and then they show him sitting all chained up, and he just he sighs. He's just like... oh man they They got me they got me I will say one of the best scenes is at the end though we did briefly talk about it but when like Loomis sets up the Scooby-Doo-esque chain net that Michael (laughs) can't get out of tranks him like ten times and then just goes ape shit with a board beating the hell out of him and then just passes out on him like as he's like yelling died
1: it's great it's a fun fun scene see like it
0: turned out like wasn't Michael Myers that he was beating the hell out of with that board? Just some dude.
1: Yeah, It's just another guy <laughs> in a mask.
0: This this, this time he This time the manslaughter charges are going to be upheld, and he's not. He's <laughs> yeah.
1: not. Yes, but that, that I I don't know about you, but I thought that was. Yeah, crazy. no, it's it like, is. It is. I mean, it's a good scene. Like like, where did this net come from? When, when did he, he set, set up? When yeah. did he set this thing when up? When did
0: old man Loomis, who barely can walk we saw in the last film when like he was trying to hitch a ride and he's like limping around trying to get to that car of the high schoolers that are making fun of him you know yep where did he get the time to like string this heavy net that's is capable holding michael down for a little bit where you know where maybe it's just seeing michael gives him an adrenaline rush to where yeah. he can do it or same thing like how did he swing that goddamn two by four so much that you know beat up beat
1: up michael knocked him out not very well but you know yeah all right i think i think we covered it i think we 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 did halloween five it's kind of crazy that there's just not that much to talk about in this film however we got to give it a rating we've done all the other ones uh out of a scale of um i'm gonna give this um, out of a scale of f- f- sexy French maid outfits, what would you give Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers? That's not even in the title. Card. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you think they just they ran out of you know they didn't think to put that on there, so they slapped it on all the promotional material afterwards, yeah. or they just didn't have the room to put it on the title card? And they
1: had the room. I just think that they decided later on. That they were going to do uh, Just, uh, the revenge of Michael Myers. Mm. Yeah, I'll give it a four.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll give it the same um, grade as Halloween 4, even though I like Halloween 4 more, barely. And that's only because this is a better produced film. It lo- it's got better production. Um, it's shot more competently. Yeah, you know, overall, it's produced much better than the fourth one. Outside of the sound and score department, um, it's just, just it's like a rehash of four. Like they took the same concept, but then they just added. They just took the same story and then just added. Now Jamie's got a psychic connection, and even more so than four, this one's harder to follow, boring, bland, and pedantic. With every single every character in this film, is even Loomis at this point, as enjoyable as he can be, he's, you know, getting hammed up so much to the point where it's like it's getting ridiculous. Um The kills are very uninteresting and dull and boring. Like like I said, this is a film trying to be something that the franchise has not wasn't really to ever in the first place, and you can tell it's just cashing in on ideas that other films did made money off of
1: do you remember what i gave halloween four did i give it a five yeah i probably give this film a five as well i i think i would match whatever i gave halloween four i think if it was a five i'd give this one a five as well Uh, and that's because i think like for the most part they're equally bad um, for different reasons This one I fucking hate the soundtrack on it. Um, I think that the plotting is pretty stupid. uh, Especially with this whole psychic connection. If you got rid of that I mean the plot still wouldn't be good but at least you wouldn't have like a ridiculous aspect to it. That doesn't really come up in the uh, previous Halloweens. Um, I don't like that they just kind of got rid of everything with Jamie from the first, from the uh, Halloween 4. Um, They didn't go into details about her killing her mother or anything like that uh and the kills you're right are super bland um and overall the whole thing is quite boring just like halloween 4 uh even the fun stuff that you might expect from a slasher film is not here there's no nudity the violence is pretty tame in comparison to other films releasing in the 80s i mean the mutilator had fucking somebody getting uh a hook shoved up their vagina you don't see that in halloween 5 this could have easily been a PG thirteen movie. Um, yeah, it's just su- it's just super boring, and it's really probably another one of those worst Halloween movies. Except as we get further and further into this series, I they're think, all I think yeah. four.
0: Well, outside of Rob Zombies, because those are special kind of bad. Um, For I will say because we're we're gonna skip over H two O because we already reviewed it, but four, five, six. H2O and resurrection are all I would say bad films almost all of them are equally bad. I yeah. think we'll kind of sort that out after we get done yeah. with resurrection yeah uh which one before the remakes are the worst but they're all bad, but like at the same time like they're all unenjoyable for different reasons yeah. it's not the yeah, same yeah, thing I agree like yeah. again, like with Halloween H2O when we reviewed it, why is it bad because it's a poor man's scream. Yeah. a very poor man scream just kind of like how yeah. a lot of those films after scream came out like and how we reviewed like 90 with all this 90 slasher films like i know what you yeah. did last summer you know which is one that we had very great nostalgia for and we're like wow this sucked and then we urban legend one we didn't have nostalgia for I hey that was better than you know these ones you know, so it's different different reasons but after
1: I, after we watch 6 I'm probably even though we're not doing it for the show I'm probably going to watch H2O just to see you see. know like yeah like go back to it and see how I feel now after watching 4 5 6 and then we're going to be watching Resurrection as well just to see you know was H2O as bad as I thought it was when I watched it back when we did the episode um I guess we'll see but yeah they're all bad in different ways they and and I think they're pretty much like you said equally bad they're in just they all have pluses and minuses to them. Uh, probably the biggest plus about Resurrection is that it brings up, there's more nudity in it. Same thing with Halloween 6. And Halloween 6 has Paul Rudd. So, uh, minuses, right there, Minus Sierra Nevada. It's true. But right there with Paul Rudd, you like go up a couple points. Now, we still haven't decided which cut we're we watching. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm thinking we probably should watch the producer's cut. Just because it goes more into the yeah, right. shit fields. Yeah, of... I, I think we should probably watch the producer's cut. Um, but, yeah. I think so. I can put a poll out and see what people think. Mm-hmm. Just to see... I haven't um, seen the extended cut. Oh, okay. So I've only, I've only so seen... So it probably hatch. would be the best one to do. But yeah. I'll put a poll out just to see real quick what people think. And uh, so we haven't really decided yet before next week's episode. We'll have to hash that out. Um... Yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Halloween 5 down and <coughs> 3 to go out of the um, the series that we're doing. There's more than that, but we already did Halloween 1 and 2 from Rob Zombie. We're not going back to those again. They have a special place yeah. in my heart for levels of hatred. Yeah, and we're not going back to those again. You, if you want to, you can go listen to the, now, the episodes. But.
0: Now, you know, it's funny bringing that up, though. I'm interested because I know there were people who didn't find... The, I don't know anyone that liked the second one. And when we reviewed it, that was the first time that I'd seen it. However, I think I might have brought it up when we reviewed the first remake. A lot of people liked it. Mm-hmm. I want. It's been ten years now. I wanna know like are those
1: people still out there? Are they now like if they watch like Ugh. Yeah. There are there's still people that like it. I mean there's still people that like Rob Zombie in general. So
0: Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying it's uh not nearly as big like you're not gonna see the same people um probably running around saying like when they saw the Texas Chainsaw remake in two thousand mm. like like that was good and that probably now like hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, I know. agree. Yeah. Because we moved past that trend of... um, True. Yeah, definitely was um, a trend there in that we kind of got over. Oh, hellbilly crap. (laughs) All right, so thanks for listening to our uh, season of Halloween episode on Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. We're going to be back next week with Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And uh, we're still undecided on whether we're going to do the regular cut or the producer's cut. Um, You can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google podcasts any other podcasting app that you can think of we're on it. so give us a listen uh, follow us and give us a nice rating. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/ blood and black rum podcast. We're on Twitter at blood and black rum. Uh, we have an email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com and if you so choose to help us uh, out with some funding, we do have a patron page on our Podbean account where you can donate, Uh, to us monthly. A dollar a month gets you episodes at least one day early when we can get them up that early. And uh, as always, we appreciate you just helping us to cover the costs of what it takes to do a podcast for free. Uh, so thank you for listening. We will be back again next week with season of Halloween episode six, and hope that you will join us. And apparently, the Yankees are doing fairly well. Aaron Judge just hit a home run uh, during the wild card game because Martin's celebrating. (laughs) So, all right, thanks for listening. We're gonna go watch the game. See you later. Go Yanks.